0: Now as we dive into some of the characteristics of the Antichrist, I pray that you will enlighten us. I pray that you will give Daniel, that you will give myself just the right words, that you will anoint us with your spirit. Lord, I pray that your angels would abide in this place. Lord, I pray that as we open your Bible, that you would reveal to us things new, that you would teach us things we knew in the past that maybe we've forgotten. Lord, and that you would reveal to us our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that we'll be hidden behind the cross, that Jesus Christ may be revealed. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Now, our message, our second message is entitled, Antichrist Characteristics. We are going to be looking at the, every single time, we're going to do what you could call an exhaustive study on the word Antichrist or Antichrist in the scripture. We're going to look at every single time the word antichrist is used so that we can gather more hints and characteristics of who the antichrist is. So take us into it a little, Daniel.
1: Would you be interested to learn more about the antichrist?
0: Yes, I would. Would you like
1: to be able to hear something about the antichrist from the Bible?
0: Uh, Generally I've read the Bible, I'd say, over probably 10 or 15 times. So when it comes to the antichrist, I actually know that a lot more than most people about it.
1: Would you like to hear him talking about the antichrist?
0: Sure, It'd be interesting.
1: Yes, I would. Would you like to?
0: Mm,
1: yeah, sure. Why not?
0: It wouldn't be the my main thing to see. No, quite honestly with you, I'd rather watch the Bears. Okay,
1: thank you very much. Is the Antichrist something you'd like to learn more about? Sure. On Sunday, we're going to be revealing who the biblical Antichrist is. So, we, but we got to look at all the the uh, we got to turn all the stones first, right? Well, you said we're going to do an exhaustive study. Let's go ahead and look at the exhaustive concordance, okay? Strong's concordance, if you don't have one, you can get one, exhaustive uh, Strong's concordance, or you can download a really cool program. It's a Bible program for um, Windows, if you use Windows computers. It's called e-sword.net, e-sword.net, really good program. How many people use that program, by the way? We've got a few of you. It's a really good Bible program. Anyways, they have really simple Strong's Concordance. Basically what the Strong's Concordance is, it's a book that gives you the original language spelled out in as basic English as possible. Okay, So we're going to look at that right now. Antichrist, Strong's Concordance, number 500, that's the Greek word. It's an opponent of the Messiah. <clears throat> taken from two words, number 473, which is anti, a primary particle, opposite, instead of, or because of, rarely in addition to, for in the room of, often used in composition to denote contrast, requital, substitution, correspondence, etc. And it's taken from 5547, which is Christos, of course, Christ. So we're going to see it's anti, something that's in the room of Christ, opposite of Christ, an opponent of Christ, a contrast or a substitution of Christ. We saw pretty clearly last time that the Antichrist is a substitution. Cover for just a real quick thing what we did last time in case somebody's new.
0: The last message we looked at, we saw that the Antichrist power was mimicking Jesus Christ. We saw that the Antichrist would be a beast, that it would rise up out of the sea. We saw in the same way that Jesus was a lamb, that he began his ministry by rising up out of the sea. We saw that the Antichrist power would have crowns and horns. Jesus in the same way has many crowns. He also had horns. Now, we went on to see that the Antichrist would, would reign for three and a half prophetic years. And in the same way, Jesus Christ had our three and a half year ministry. So, we saw point by point that the Antichrist was mimicking Jesus' ministry. So, what are we going into now?
1: Right now, we're going to look at every time the Bible refers to the word Antichrist. The first time is in John that we're going to look at. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. It says, Little children, it is the last time... And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, Chad, we see, I didn't read the first part of First uh, John there, but w- the, the verse, what it says is there are many
0: Antichrists. When was this written? Well the book of John was the book of first John I'm guessing was written toward the last part of the 1st century. So basically um, Jesus died around 34 AD. So at the end of that century this book was written sometime. So it was basically written about 1900 years ago. And at that time John says at this time he says there whereby you know he says there's even many antichrists that already existed in his time the spirit of antichrist was there in the days of john and antichrist had already been around in his days
1: so we're going to look at another time the bible refers to this word antichrist it's in first john chapter 2 18 through 19 they went out from us they being the people he's speaking of but they were not of us who do you think the us are that's in the context here
0: They were Christians, they were, um, well, John himself was one of the disciples, he was a prophet.
1: He was a prophet, he was one of the apostles, certainly he was a Christian. They went out from us, they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would not, no doubt, have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. So what happens here is when the people that were us at the time, Christians, went out from us, the Christians... They were revealed that they were not of them. So they, they had different characteristics. They weren't quite the same. Maybe they looked alike, kind of like the beast of Revelation 13 looks like Jesus, but they were different. That's right. So, of course, when you put the two together, you can see the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Let's read the next scripture there, Chad.
0: We read here First John 2 22 and 23. It says, Who is a liar but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist. That denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the, fa- the Son, the same hath not the Father. So here we have that this liar that denies that Jesus is the Christ, the Bible calls him the Antichrist. Now we already saw that this word Antichrist doesn't necessarily mean just in direct opposition to Christ, but it is also one who opposes and stands in the place of Christ, a substitute. So the Antichrist. Uh, aside from actually being someone who says, you know, why don't you follow me instead of Jesus, will come along acting like he is Jesus. But in reality, he's going to be denying that Jesus is the Christ. Very interesting.
1: You know, I I think about this, and you can think about this too. It says right there, he is a liar, or who is a liar, but he that denies that Jesus is the Christ. In John's time, he he probably wrote around 96, 95 A.D., when he wrote that, who was it that was denying Jesus was not the Christ? Think about that for a moment.
0: That's a pretty heavy thought. Yeah, there were, there were, if you actually just read the New Testament, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you'll see a number of people who are denying that Jesus was the Christ, correct?
1: A pretty major portion of the groups of people that were alive during that time. Yeah, Lots of different religious sects. hmm Okay, so you, you can think about that, ponder it, read your Bible for yourself, and realize that John was calling people around in his day, the Antichrist. He says, in fact, there are many Antichrists. That's why we know it's the last time. And even today, we know it's the last time. What, why are, how, how can I say that? We know today that it's the last time. How, how do we
0: define that? Well, we can actually see from the Bible, if, if the last days were also in the days of John, which was 1,900 years ago, you must, you, you, we can understand clearly that we must even be closer to the last days. Now, we can actually look at prophecies. We can look at things in Matthew chapter 24. We can look in Mark chapter 13, and we can see the signs of the times. We know that we are living in the last days very clearly.
1: One of the signs that's most important is Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. It says that the gospel will go to all the world as a witness for Christ and then the end shall come how is it that the gospel is going all around the world
0: you know in many ways the gospel There's literally there are Christian groups in every single country throughout the world as far as I know every single country throughout the world and at the same time, there's, there's a group of people, and actually, I don't know if they're based here in Chicago, but we, drew, we drove by just last week, my wife and I drove by a, a Wycliffe Bible translation traders, Bible Translators. Basically, are, their purpose is to get the New Testament into every known language. And their goal, I don't know if it's changed, was by 2025. So literally, the gospel's going to every country in the whole world, or at least it's making its way.
1: I actually used to stay with a lady. She stayed one night at the house I was in, um, that worked with Wycliffe, and she worked full time as a missionary in Africa, sending out Bibles in different wow. languages. So I totally know that that the Word of God is going all over the place. We have television, we have cable, we have new HD TV, and of course we've got internet, mm-hmm. we've got radio, we've got so many missionaries. In fact, we're missionaries. That's what we do full time. We're trying to missionary uh, labor toward uh, Chicago and the greater Chicago area, and the gospel is going into all the world as a witness for Christ. When this is accomplished, then the end shall come. So that's why we're here telling you about Jesus Christ, is because we want the end to come. I want to be in heaven. What about you? Amen. I absolutely do. Absolutely. So I don't want to be called a liar, though. I, want to den- I don't want to deny that Jesus is the Christ. I want to be able to look at Christ square in the eye and say, that is the Christ. But I also want to look at the Antichrist and say, that is the Antichrist. D- doesn't that make sense? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you as a good Christian want to do that? That's why we're together. Pick it up for us, bro. All
0: right, we read here, and just to clarify, there may be one or two countries where there are not Christian groups, but I'm not sure, but I think we're just about in every country in the world. But we read here, it says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Here's how you can know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of god so what's going on here?
1: okay what if the opposite is true what if somebody confesses not that jesus christ has come in the flesh
0: Then they must not be of the spirit of god
1: that's right so okay don't believe every spirit in other words test everything in fact the bible says there in isaiah chapter 29 that we ought to study the bible how should we study it line upon line precept upon precept, precept upon precept here a little there a little so that okay. means
0: we should take things out of the context and study only what we want.
1: Yeah, like, in fact, if sometimes people will try, they'll say, you know, I need a word from God. God, please speak to me. And they throw open their Bible and they read it and it says, Judas hung himself. Well, no, God, that wasn't exactly what I wanted. Come on, speak to me. What is it? He throws it open again and it says, what thou doest, do quickly. Is that the way to study the Bible? No. Line upon line, here a little, precept, uh, here a little there a little, precept upon precept. We've got to do it wisely. Be smart in your study. Don't, as Chad said, take something out of context and apply it to your life or apply it to somebody else unless you've thoroughly studied it. What we're trying to do here is overturn every little detail about the Antichrist and then finally we're going to be able to say this is who it is.
0: We'll know exactly
1: Because we don't want to be a liar. We don't want to confess that Jesus has not come in the flesh. We don't want to be a false prophet. We want to be true. Well, I don't want to be a prophet. In fact, the prophets have one of the most hardest Jobs in all the scripture. But uh, we want to certainly portray what the truth is. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come. And even now, already is it in the world. This is the second time John has said this. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Chad, again, John was looking around at the people that confessed that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh. Is that the only way that we can define who Antichrist is and who he's not?
0: no we can actually see many ways we are going to look in the upcoming meetings we're going to be looking as we said before in Daniel chapter 7 we can see point after point we're going to pull out probably close to 10 points out of Daniel chapter 7 and then we can see a parallel chapter in Revelation chapter 13 and we will see again point after point to clarify exactly who the antichrist power this is just one of the characteristics here so and that's the good thing about the bible you don't just take this quote and say well we'll just we'll just if we know that we're good enough no 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 there's many many points that we're going to bring together so that we can find out exactly who the Antichrist is. Bring us along a little further.
1: Okay, they are of the world, Therefore, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. This is talking about those that deny Jesus is the Christ. The world hears them because they're speaking the same language. Spiritual things, the Bible says, are spiritually discerned, okay? These people are not spiritual, therefore they can understand themselves. It says, we are of God. He that knows God hears us. Again, Chad, who is it in the context when he says... Us?
0: Well, he's talking about the prophets here as he's speaking as one of the prophets of God giving us the Bible.
1: So, okay, he that knows God hears us. So what he's saying is if you know God, you're going to be listening to the prophets, or the... listening to the Christians, the Bible. The okay, Bible. Yeah. The, the Bible, that's absolutely yeah. right. He that is not of God hears not us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That spells it out pretty clearly. If you're looking at Antichrist, it's not just people who uh, say Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh, and that's it. We see that the beast of Revelation 13, he looked a lot like Jesus. But he wasn't Jesus. He was deceiving. He was destroying. He was blaspheming. All these other characteristics. This guy here, the, the uh, John, he's defining that the Antichrist are those that do not listen to us, which are the prophets, the words of God. And this is how we know the truth, or the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, w- did you find something in the yeah, scripture you want to share? you know,
0: while we were looking at this, it made me think of a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, you can look in there. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14. So this Antichrist... Is actually very deceptive. And the Bible gives us a little warning uh, to, to, to enlighten us about what Satan is like. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14, it says, And no marvel, or don't be surprised, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So it says, and no marvel, don't be surprised, because Satan himself can be transformed into an angel of light. This whole idea of this gargoyle, you've seen, you know, maybe in the cartoon, Satan is this, this red guy with a red suit on and some pointy little beard and, and, horns. and a, yeah, horns and a pitchfork, right? With, a, with cloven hooves. Now, this idea of, the, of Satan himself is a deception, Satan is no, is no dirty, crazy-looking beast. He, is, he, he can show himself in, as an angel of light. And in the same way, this Antichrist, he comes out from among the Christians. He comes out from among those who look like they're true Christians. And as a result, he can be transformed into a minister of righteousness or look like that. In reality, it's a deception.
1: In fact, Andy Gullahorn, a, a, a musician, he wrote some lyrics. If I were the devil, I wouldn't wear red. I wouldn't have horns or a pitchfork. I wouldn't breathe fire because it might give me away. Hmm. And then he says, I'd I'd be just like you. I wouldn't be some crazy fool. I would deceive you. And that's, of course, what the Antichrist is trying to do. He's trying to look like Jesus. He's he's kind of slick, though, because it says, this is how we know the spirit of error. He doesn't hear us. So if I were to share the Bible with somebody and plain lay out the Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, this is what the Scripture is saying, interpreting itself, not my own personal interpretation, If they
0: rejected that, what would be happening? They're rejecting the Scripture. Now, as as Daniel saying these things, we're not here to say Daniel and Chad are the ones you test the Scriptures by. You need to test the Scriptures yourself. We are presenting what the Word of God says. You didn't come here to hear what Daniel said or to hear what Chad said. We are here to know what this book is all about. That's why we have the question box in the back. If you have questions, come talk to us because we want to look into the Scriptures. We're looking forward to learning more at the same time. We were just saying that tonight. We pray that the Lord would teach us things even as we're sharing things. Amen.
1: Notice the next one. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So he was wrestling at that time with a a large bunch of groups of people that said Jesus Christ didn't come in the flesh. You can define who that is as you study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're almost at the end of all these antichrist uh, scriptures. Why don't you pick up the next one here?
0: Notice what we see here. Now, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I don't think it uses the specific word Antichrist. It talks about the son of perdition. This is the Antichrist, though. Now, we read in 2 Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4, "...let no man deceive you by any means." Don't let anybody trick you in any way. Why? "...for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition." Well, who is the son of perdition? We're going to look more into that. But the son of perdition is is this Antichrist power. But there is another one in the Bible who is called the son of perdition. We'll see that in just a moment. It says, Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he, as God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So notice here, this Antichrist power doesn't come along and just just say, Well, why don't you follow me? I'm the Antichrist. He actually stands in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, Daniel, do you, can you think of any time in the Bible where another person or another being tried to stand in the place of God? Can you think of anything? Tried to
1: stand in the place of God. Revel- Daniel chapter 8, there's the little horn that's talked about that we'll be studying later. Yes. And it ascends itself up high. That's right. And it stands, in fact, it says it magnified himself even to the prince of the host. That's right. Which, as we're going to learn point by point, is it, the Antichrist It is power. the
0: Antichrist once again.
1: Now, you you had mentioned something about the son of perdition. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, it's important to understand that this section of the Bible is talking about the Antichrist, and it refers to the Antichrist as the son of
0: perdition. The word perdition, just so you know, means son of destruction.
1: Okay, son of destruction. Notice what the scripture says as we reiterate what the uh, Strong's Concordance is. It's an opponent of the Messiah in the room of... Pick it up there, uh, not only the other time, the phrase of perdition, the son of perdition. Go ahead and pick it up there, Chad. All
0: right. It says here, uh, the, the only time, the phrase son of perdition is used in the King James Version. is found here in John 17, verse 12. It says, while I was with them, while I was with the disciples, Jesus here is speaking. While I was th- with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. He's speaking to the Father. He's praying. Those that you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. So Jesus says, of all my twelve disciples, none of them would be lost except for one, the son of perdition. Who is that, Daniel? Who, which, which one of the disciples was lost? Does anybody know? Judas Iscariot. Judas Iscariot. Iscariot. Judas Iscariot
1: right. is called the son of
0: perdition, just a- like the Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians called the, ju- the son of perdition. Exactly. What does that mean? Well, the interesting thing is what we're seeing here is that this Antichrist power is going to look like Judas. What did Judas look like? Remember, if you saw Judas, a lot of times we read the Bible with our, with our goggles and our you know, what we've already learned in church. So we see Judas and we think, this Judas guy, he's a, he's a crook. He had the bag. He was deceptive. But the reality is this. He actually looked... Like a good person. If you would have seen him, you'd have thought that guy's a real follower of Christ. He was one of the disciples. He was trusted and empowered. He knew many of the deep things of God. He sat before Jesus and learned of him. Yeah. Many of his characteristics would have looked just like Jesus. Bring us on in number four, Daniel.
1: He was a worker of miracles, okay, but he was also called the son of perdition. At the councils and board meetings, as it were, he was well-educated and highly respected. If Judas Iscariot walked by today, we'd be thinking, like, wow, that's a really holy man. That guy, he's walking with Jesus. I mean, look at him. But Christ himself called him the son of perdition. And uh, Paul, under the inspiration of the Spirit, called the Antichrist the son of perdition. There's a connection there that was on purpose you know what's interesting about that is the son of perdition, the Antichrist, we know is a Christian influence, mm-hmm. not just a social or political influence. The reason why we know that is because of our last study. He looks just like Jesus. That's right. This time, he's like Judas. He's in with the crowd, he's in with Christ. He's a worker of miracles, highly educated, well respected. If Judas walked by, you wouldn't. Like if I said, hey, that's the Antichrist, and I was pointing to Judas, you'd be, you'd be saying, oh, you're all free.
0: crazy. That guy's a good Christian.
1: Yeah, of course he's a good Christian. He's walking with Jesus. That's right. The reality is it's a motive. It's the inside. It's the heart. That's why, it's the, that's why, as we read earlier in John, 1 John, it's the spirit of Antichrist, right? Exactly. Pick it up for us.
0: We read on here, and this is actually taken from the book of Acts, and this is speaking of Paul, and Paul here is speaking to a group of Ephesian elders. Ephesian elders. So these are church leaders, and he says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourself, or pay attention... Watch out, therefore, unto yourselves, and to all the flock, over which the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. For Amen. I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among, among you, not sparing the flock. Entering in among you would be into the Christian church. Exactly, even, even amongst the leaders of the Christian church. Okay. Reading on, also of your own selves, you church leaders, shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified.
1: You know what's interesting? He's saying, hey, you, you church leaders, you elders, be cautious because from you are going to come grievous wolves that are going to enter in and it's not gonna, they're not going to spare the flock. They're going to lead people after themselves, you see. This is deception. This is Antichrist spirit. But what is the remedy for this? Right there it says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among them which are sanctified. So, as we talked about last time, Chad, how, is it, how important it is to study your Bible on a regular basis. Paul was saying the same thing in, in the face of warning against Antichrist. This, this power that would come up from inside the church. He says there's a remedy. I commend you to the word of God. Tell us a little bit more about studying. How important is that?
0: You know, it, it's so important. I look back on my own life and thinking about how important studying the Bible is. My mom, one time, I, I used to be into this, you know, uh, I, was, I was kind of into this religious idea. It was kind of neat. And, and my mom came to me. I thought I was a Christian. You know, I, I thought I was, you know, with God. But I really didn't pray. And she asked me one day, she said, do you? Well, I would pray sometimes, maybe. But it, I didn't have anything backing it up. And she said, Chad, do you, do you read the Bible? And I said, I don't need to read the Bible. Hmm. Now she said to me, and I'll tell you, this is one of the foolish things I've ever said, literally. And, and I said to her, listen, I, I don't really need to bu- read the Bible because there were people in the dark ages who couldn't even have a Bible, and they were still Christian. Yeah. But they were willing to die to have the Bible. So what a foolish statement I was making. I thought I didn't need to have the Bible. And think about this. I just got married. Now imagine, imagine I just get married, and, and normally marriages are based on a relationship of communication, talking with one another. So imagine my wife and I, I come home, you know, after my maybe first day of work, we're out maybe sharing the gospel, I'm out with Daniel or something. And I come home and I say, honey, I want to tell you how the day went. And she says, no, 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 no. And I say, okay, she must be busy, no problem, she's probably got things to think about. So I come and ask her a few minutes later, honey, let me, let me just share with you how things went this week. She says, no, 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 no. I say, okay, okay, she's she's busy. So I wait 45 minutes, an hour. So I come back after an hour and I say, can I share with you how things went? And she says, no, 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 no. I didn't marry you because I wanted to talk with you. I married you just because I wanted to love you. Yeah. How, How would you feel if your husband or your wife said, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I just want to love you. How much love would there be there? Could you imagine what it was like? I was telling my mom, I just want to love God. But I don't actually want to hear what he has to say to me. Can you understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying, listen, mom, I don't need to to really see what God has to say to me. I just want a, a feeling, some kind of emotional bond with God. But the reality is, this is his word. It's called the word of God. God speaks here in this book so that you can know His will for your life. And if you actually open up the pages of this book, the letters will not just be some dead black and white or or red and white words. They will be something that begin to come off the page that begin to change your mind and your life and give you hope and give you freedom in Christ. Give us some more thoughts on this.
1: Amen. You know, when, when I study my Bible, it is the Word of God. And it's like me listening to God speak to me. And then when I pray, I'm speaking to God. We're having a conversation, you see. No spiritual or even physical relationship would grow without communication. Amen. Right? I remember when I was getting married and we had those little moments where you get the video camera out and you, you, you film the brother-in-law and you say, what are some word, words of wisdom? And his words of wisdom, communicate, communicate, communicate. Right? Makes some sense in a, in a marriage, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, what if we don't communicate as Christians? We've got a one-sided show there. I just like to pray. I don't like to read the Bible, or I love to read the Bible. I don't spend much time in prayer. That that's that's awkward. That's like a that's like hopping around on one foot all the time. It wouldn't work after a while. So if we're reading the Bible, God is speaking to us, and if we're praying, we're speaking to Him. There's a communication that goes on, and I say we we uh, make a commitment to that communication. I want to challenge you guys. How many of you are willing to say, Lord, I want to learn more about You. I want to understand more about the Bible. I'm willing to accept the challenge for 30 days to read my Bible every single day. How many want to take that challenge? Amen. Let's talk to God. Father, I want to thank you so much for giving us this challenge. We want to learn more about you and our personal devotions. We want to understand the scripture. We want to be blessed. I pray that you would give us grace. Lord, if if we forget to read the Bible, if, if we get too busy, instead of just putting it away for the whole 30 days, help us to just pick it up next time and help us to continue. Lord, we, we've taken a challenge. Give us the spirit to be able to keep that challenge. Bless us all as we travel home. Thank you for this, these meetings and we look forward to being again tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more.